0: Welcome back to Classical Christian Virtues. I'm your host, Dr. Timothy Dernlin, as we journey together toward the good life by cultivating virtue and resisting vice one week at a time. The companion book to this podcast is also entitled Classical Christian Virtues. You can pick that up at Amazon.com or you can get more information at timdernlin.com. If you head over there, please do leave me a message. I like reading those each week. Finally, Subscribe to this podcast, give it a five-star rating, pass it on to a friend, and we'll build this Classical Christian Virtues community together. Love you all. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me as we talk about optimism this week. Do y'all remember Helen Keller? She was deaf and mute and blind. But she learned to communicate. She had a great quote on optimism. She said, Optimism is the faith that leads to achievements. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. We know, as Christians studying classical Christian virtues and the virtue of optimism, that hope and confidence come from our Lord. And we know that He is in control of all things, so we can be optimistic. We do know that things are going to work out for the good of those who love God and are according, and are called according to His purpose. But let's look specifically at our daily lives and the definition of optimism and how we can seek to strike that balance of optimism and not fall into the vices of excess or deficiency. Optimism is an inclination to put the most favorable construction upon actions and events, or to anticipate the best possible outcome. Too many times in life, whether it's through pride or fear, we want to assume the worst of other people's actions, or to assume bad motives to something they said or did, instead of seeking for the truth and seeking optimism. Now, we don't want to be overly optimistic and follow into naivety, and we don't want to be uh, anxious, and, and that's the device device of deficiency. Optimism comes from hope, but it also inspires hope. A deep and pure understanding and belief in the attributes and actions of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit yields confidence and hope that all things in life will work together for our good. So even in our darkest hour, we can be optimistic And not fall into the vice of anxiousness. At the same time, we should not be naive to the evils or imperfections around us. As we make plans and take actions, our optimism should be tempered with wisdom. With wisdom. In Psalm 27 1 through 3, we read, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamped against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. The psalmist here, David, had many, many difficult things in his life, and he did have war. He did have persecution, and he says those things because of his confidence in the Lord. That's what gives him proper optimism in life. Reading on in verse 13 and 14, we see that we need to take courage in the land of the living. So dwell on good things. Whatever things are true, good, pure, lovely, of good report, think on these things. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. And in Scripture, we read in Romans 15:13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Romans 11:1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So the virtue of optimism is talked about in the Bible, optimistic because we know that our Lord is in control, but we don't want to be overly optimistic and be uh, We that That leads us to the vice of excess, which is naivety. Naivety is defined as a belief that life is simple and fair, that intentions of people are generally good and a willingness to believe a person is telling the truth. Now, at first, this seems like something we might want, or we might like to have, but in looking deeper, we realize that it's actually the vice of excess, the vice of naivety. 1 Corinthians 14.20 says, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but... In your thinking, be mature. So don't practice evil. Don't experience evil. Don't Don't allow yourself to experience those things. Um, be an infant in that way. But in your thinking and your understanding of life, understand that evil exists. Evil is out there. We see this right away in Genesis as evil enters into the picture. I heard it once described as uh, similar to the Disney story of Sleeping Beauty. Her parents don't want her to experience evil, and so they give her to three good witches, good fairies, to raise her, and they keep her away from all evil. On her 16th birthday, they bring her back to her parents, and and the evil witch Maleficent comes. And when Sleeping Beauty sees evil and experiences evil, she, she's naive because she's been in a bubble, and so she pricks her finger and, and, and passes out. That story is a good example of why naivety is a vice. But on the other hand, if we're not optimistic in any way, if we're pessimistic and always looking at the bad, we can fall into anxiety stemming from fear and pride that thinks we can control everything to begin with. Anxiety is extreme uneasiness resulting from fear worry or nervousness. Matthew six, twenty seven teaches us, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? A coworker of mine said that worrying is like sitting in a sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you never get anywhere. And another person told me that being anxious is being stupid enough to pay interest on a loan that you didn't take. So let's look to cultivate the virtues of the virtue of optimism and surround ourselves with optimistic people where we can see the good and assume the good but yet be wise enough to not be naive and not be anxious. Resist the vice of naivety and make sure you are looking at all situations with an open and clear mind. Surround yourself with wise counsel. There was wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Scripture teaches us that. And also resist the vice of anxiety. Resist the vice of fear. Know and trust that God is a good God. He loves his people and he will work all things out for their good. I want to cultivate this virtue of optimism that's grounded in faith and hope and confidence in our triune God, and I know you do too. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can help build this community by subscribing to this podcast, sharing it with a friend, giving it a five-star rating, or writing a comment or review below. All four of those things really, really help. If you'd like to go deeper into this study, you can pick up Classical Christian Virtues at Amazon.com. Follow along with us, answer the additional questions in your book, and dive a little deeper. While you're at it, you can pick up a copy for a friend. If you'd like to contact me directly, please go to timdurnland.com and shoot me a message. I'd really like to hear from you. Until next time, may God the Father bless you and the Holy Spirit guide you as you strive to live like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by resisting vice and cultivating virtue for the good of others and the glory of God alone.